Good morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for all the ways that you bless us. And Father, we are especially mindful of the fact that you have blessed us with your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, it's on him that we want to stand. And Father, we thank you for this short little parable that Jesus has shared with us that reminds us of the great foundation that he is for us. Father, help us to be people who don't just hear Jesus' words, but we put them out, we put them um, into practice in our lives, we live them out in our lives. Father, help us to be doers of his word as well. Father, our desire is not only that we will stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ, but that we'll be able to, to show the way to other people so they too can come to know what it means to live as Jesus, with Jesus as their foundation. Father, we pray that you'll help us do that as we listen to this story and as we live it out in our lives. And Father, we pray this through Jesus who is our foundation and who is the Christ. Amen. So we've had a one-week break from this sermon series, a one-week break where Anthony and Luis, the, the newly engaged Luis, if you haven't heard that story yet, uh, Disneyland, he got engaged. Uh, we had a week off where Anthony and Luis talked to us about living poured-out lives, and they reported to us about what went on in Houston on the mission trip at the Impact Church of Christ. And now we're ready to return to our kingdom stories, to Jesus' kingdom stories. And throughout this series, we've been listening to Jesus tell us parables. We've been listening to our master tell us parables. We've been listening to a master storyteller, Jesus, tell us parables. He's been telling us stories that show what his kingdom is like and what it's like to live as a citizen in his kingdom. And as we have done that, as we've gone through these stories we see that these stories that were told centuries ago, stories that were told in a culture very different from us, we see that they're still amazingly relevant to us, to our lives, to our time, to our situation. They're amazingly relevant to us if, if we will listen to them as if they were spoken directly to us. And that's exactly how we should listen to them. In fact, that's how we must listen to these stories because Jesus is speaking directly to us. He's speaking directly to you. And he's speaking directly to me. And as he tells us these stories, he's sharing some very important kingdom truths. Today's parable was recorded in two different gospels, recorded in slightly different form. It's recorded by Matthew in his gospel and also by Luke in his gospel. And because this is a very short parable, we'll be able to take time to listen to both versions. It's a short parable, but it's also a truly unique parable. It's unique in many ways, but one way that it's really unique is that it's a story that's very familiar to us, but it isn't Matthew's version that we know best. It's not Luke's version that we know best. It's that third version. It's that children's song version that most of us know best. And that children's song does a really good job of teaching good and important theology. Good and important theology that can be grasped even by young children. The theology goes something like this. Wise people build on something solid. They build on rock. And if they will build on rock, the floods that will come will not destroy what they built. Their houses will stand, they'll stand firm. The theology goes on this way. Foolish people, on the other hand, 
They build on sand. They build on unsteady things. And when the floods do come, what they built gets destroyed. Their houses go splat, as we just sang. And then it ends with a moral. The moral is because now you know this, you know that you should build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is rock solid. That little song tells a really good story. It teaches really good theology and it preaches a good little sermon. And the reason that this simple children's song is able to do all of those things is because this parable isn't really very complex. It's a very straightforward parable. In fact, the only things that are really missing from the song as we sing it are some context. What was going on as Jesus told this story? And also what's missing is some additional application, especially some personal, important application. See, what we don't get from this song is what's happened just before Jesus has told this parable. Zane mentioned it as he got up and did the scripture reading. What we don't hear in this song is the sermons that came before Jesus told this parable. See, Jesus has just engaged in some lengthy teaching before he has told this story. In both Matthew and Luke, this parable follows lengthy teaching about what it looks like to actually live as a citizen in God's kingdom. In Matthew, the parable comes at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. And in Luke, it comes at the end of what is generally referred to as the Sermon on the Plain. This parable follows two different sermons where Jesus reveals just how different, just how different his kingdom really is. You'll remember those sermons because they're very familiar with us. You'll remember that in those sermons, Jesus tells us that his kingdom is a kingdom where citizens don't only not murder each other, they don't even get angry with each other. And in those sermons, Jesus tells us that his kingdom is a kingdom whose citizens not only don't have sex with someone other than their husbands or their wives, they don't even lust after other men and other women. And in those sermons, Jesus reveals that his kingdom is a kingdom where contracts and oaths aren't even necessary. They're not necessary because in this kingdom, the citizens' words can always be trusted. And Jesus tells us in those sermons that his kingdom is a kingdom where kindness replaces retaliation. And it's a kingdom where love replaces hate. And it's a kingdom where citizens give very generously because they are compassionate. They don't give because they want to be seen by other people. And Jesus' kingdom, he reveals to us, is a kingdom whose citizens are focused on the eternal life that's to come instead of being focused on the temporary situation that they find themselves in right now. And Jesus tells us it's a kingdom where the citizens are focused on the purity in their own lives before they concern themselves with the faults that they see in other people's lives. And Jesus tells us in those sermons that in his kingdom, it's a kingdom whose king meets all the true needs of its citizens. And all they have to do is just ask. But Jesus also tells us that citizens in his kingdom have to do something. They have to take up residence in his kingdom. They have to take up permanent residence in his kingdom. 
They have to build their houses in the kingdom. And those houses have to last. They have to have a solid foundation. And so Jesus, at the end of these longer sermons, Jesus tells us a short story. It's a short story that teaches us that laying a solid foundation for our houses in his kingdom, that being a true citizen of his kingdom, is something that doesn't just happen. See, true citizenship, permanent citizenship, eternal citizenship only comes if we will live out these words that he has been teaching us. If we'll live out these words that he has just spoken. It only comes if we'll do what he's taught us. Otherwise, they're just words. Otherwise, they're just foolishly ignored words. And so if we take this little story as seriously as we should, it's going to force us to acknowledge that we're all constructing houses. That's something that's going on right now. We're all building our houses. We're all taking up residence. We're all establishing our citizenship somewhere. And if we take this story seriously, it demands that we answer some questions of ourselves, some questions about our citizenship. It demands that we answer questions like, where are we building our houses? Where are we taking up our residence? Where are we establishing our citizenship? If we take this little story seriously, it demands that we answer questions like, what is our house's foundation? What is our house built on? So let's listen again to this kingdom story and let's try to answer those questions for ourselves. Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let me ask you a quick question. What are the three most important factors in real estate? Number one is location. Number two is location. And number three is location, right? Anybody that's had anything to do with real estate understands that. Three most important factors in real estate are location, location, location. Well, one of the ways that we can approach this story, one of the ways we can approach this parable is as a real estate story. It's a real estate story where Jesus stresses the importance of location, location, location. Jesus told this story in a setting that would look actually quite familiar to those of us who live in the desert southwest, those of us who live here in New Mexico and other places like that. One of the features in the place where we live and one of the features in the place where Jesus was telling this story is it's a dry country. And in that dry country, there are wadis. We would call them arroyos. You'll see a picture of one up on your screen. It looks like a riverbed, and we see those all around us. looks like a riverbed, only most of the time we know there's no river. There's just sand, gravel, things in the bottom, but no water. And everybody in Jesus' audience, everybody who heard this story would know that you shouldn't build anything 
in the bottom of a wadi. Just like we know that you shouldn't build anything in the bottom of an arroyo. You shouldn't even pitch a tent in the bottom of an arroyo. See, they all know like we know that even though there may not be any water in that wadi now, there may not be any water in the arroyo right now, there has been water in the past. And there will be water again. And it often will come with little warning. See, just like here, there it doesn't rain very often. But oftentimes when it does rain, it rains a lot. It comes quickly, it comes suddenly, and it comes in great volume. See, those dry beds that look safe now can become raging rivers in a very short period of time with very little warning. They all knew All of them knew that even though it may look safe to build in the sandy bottom of that wadi now, they knew the storms will come. They may not come today. They may not come tomorrow. They may not come next week. They may not even come for years, but they will come. And they usually come with very little warning. And when those rains do come, the water will rise and it will bring destruction to anything that's in its path. They all knew, they all knew that security in life is hard enough to come by without foolishly choosing to put yourself in harm's way by building in the bottom of a wadi, in the bottom of an arroyo. So what did people do? Well, people did what any wise person would do. They built their houses up high. They built their houses up on the rocks. They built their houses out of harm's way. So it's a real estate story about location, location, location. Where you build your house matters. But it's not just a real estate story. It's not just a story about location, location, location. It's also a construction story. In the construction industry, I don't think they ask that same question or answer it the same way, but I'm going to pretend like they do. What are the three most important steps in construction? I think you could fairly say it's foundation, Foundation, foundation. What's the most important step in building your house? It's the foundation. It's what you build it on. So let's listen to Jesus' construction story. This time, let's listen to it out of Luke. Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, he's like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. You see, everyone in Jesus' audience, everyone knew. Everyone knew the danger of building a house without a secure foundation, no matter where it was located. They all knew that a house without a good foundation was destined to fail, even if it was perched high above the wadi, even if it was perched high above the arroyo. They all knew that a house without a foundation was in harm's way, no matter where it was built. And that's why wise builders, 
That's why wise builders always dug down through the sandy soil to anchor their house's foundation on solid rock. Because they knew, they all knew that's where rock-solid security could be found. They all knew. They all knew that any house in any location was only as secure as its foundation. And they knew that you might be able to hide the fact for a little while that your house didn't have a foundation. And it might not have been immediately obvious to other people that your house didn't have a foundation. But they all knew They all knew from experience that time and storms and winds and water would ultimately reveal a missing foundation. They all knew that anyone foolish enough to build a house without a foundation had built a house destined for complete destruction. It was just a matter of time. They all knew. I've repeated those three words over and over again. They all knew. They all knew the importance of building up on the rocks instead of down in the wadi. They all knew the importance of a foundation built on rock. They all knew. And that's exactly where this story derives its power. It derives its power because they all knew. See, Jesus isn't saying it's the height of foolishness to build down in a wadi. Instead, what Jesus is saying, it's the height of foolishness to know you shouldn't build down in a wadi and then go ahead and do it anyway. And Jesus isn't saying that it's the height of foolishness to build a house without a foundation secured to solid rock. Instead, what Jesus is saying, it's the height of foolishness to know you should set your foundation on rock and then set it in the sand anyway. And Jesus is also saying that wisdom is really fairly simple. Wisdom, like this parable, is really pretty straightforward. Wisdom is simply doing what you know you should do. See, a wise man knows he shouldn't build in a wadi, so he doesn't. A wise man knows he shouldn't place his foundation in the sand, so he doesn't. Wisdom is knowing what you should do and then actually doing it. And so Jesus isn't saying that it's the height of foolishness to not live the way that our king calls us to live. Instead, he's saying it's the height of foolishness to know how to live as a citizen in his kingdom and then choosing not to live that way. Jesus isn't saying it's the height of foolishness to not know my words. Instead, he's saying the height of foolishness is to know my words and then choose to ignore them, choose not to live them. And I think that's what makes this simple little story incredibly relevant, incredibly relevant to most of us in this audience because we've spent a lifetime of hearing this story and we've spent a lifetime of hearing stories like this. We know We are people in the know. We know Jesus' words. And this is a story Jesus told for all of us who are in the know. It's for all of us who know Jesus' words. It's for all of us who know what Jesus said. And even though it's a story that's simple enough to become a little children's song, it's also a story that asks very direct and very blunt questions to those of us who are in the know.
with this kingdom story, Jesus is asking us directly and Jesus is asking us bluntly. Jesus is saying, now that you know what to do, now that you have heard my words, are you going to be wise or are you going to be foolish? With this story, Jesus forces us to take a look at where we're building our houses. He makes us look at where we're constructing our lives. Jesus directly and bluntly wants to know, are you foolishly building in harm's way? Or are you wisely building in his way? Jesus wants to know, are we living in anger or are we living in peace? Jesus wants to know, are we driven by lust or are we driven by love? Jesus wants to know, do we choose retaliation or do we choose forgiveness? Jesus wants to know, do we choose to point fingers at the faults of others or do we choose to repent of all the ways that we miss the mark? And with this story, Jesus also forces us to take a look at our foundations. Because Jesus wants to know. He wants to know directly and he wants to know bluntly. Are you foolishly constructing your life on the shifting sands of this world? Or are you instead firmly and wisely standing on the rock that is Jesus Christ? Do we greedily hang on to our possessions? Or do we generously share them? because we know that they're just transient gifts from our king? Are we placing our hope in success in this life? Or is our hope in the one who succeeded in giving all of mankind hope for the life to come? Are we trusting in ourselves and our own feeble abilities? Or are we trusting in our all-powerful God? See, Jesus wants to know, are we foolish or are we wise? This is a story for us. It's a story for us because it's told by the true foundation. It's told by the true rock. It's told by Jesus Christ, and it's told for us. Jesus is directly and bluntly asking each of us, Are you going to be foolish or are you going to be wise? Are you going to construct your life on on the foundation, the foundation that is Jesus Christ? Are you going to foolishly build it on your own foundation? See, Jesus is saying, now that you know my words, are you going to be foolishly content with just hearing those words? Are you going to wisely put them into practice? Are you going to wisely live them out? Jesus wants to know, now that you know me, are you going to be content to foolishly rely on another foundation? Are you going to entrust your life to me? You know, all this year we've been affirming to God and we've been affirming to each other that we and our houses will choose to serve the Lord. We've been standing up and we've been doing that. Now I'm going to be direct and I'm going to be blunt. If we, if any one of us has been saying those words, has been saying, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. If we've been saying those words but we haven't been living them, 
we're being foolish. And we're headed for destruction. See, we all know, we all know we should build in the Lord's way. We all know that Jesus should be our foundation. We all know that only by standing on Jesus and only standing on his blood and only standing on his righteousness are we taken out of harm's way. But we also know that that sand often looks really inviting. It looks like a really attractive place to live and build. And we know that building down in the bottom of the arroyo is often the easiest thing to do. And we know that the world is constantly calling us away from Jesus and constantly calling us into harm's way. So again, directly and bluntly, I want to end by saying this. If you are here in this place this morning and you know that you're living in harm's way instead of in the Lord's way, I beg you to stop being foolish because that way leads to destruction. And if you're here in this place, if you're here this morning and you know that you're standing on anything but Jesus as your foundation, I beg you to stop being foolish. Because that foundation, whatever it is, it leads to destruction. So I beg you, do the wise thing. Turn from harm's way and turn to the Lord's way. Walk away from the world and stand on Jesus Christ. And believe the promise that when the storms come and when the winds blow and when the waters rage, you and your house will be able to stand firm with Jesus forever. So let me say, if you need help turning away, turning from harm's way to the Lord's way, we want to help. And if you need to walk away from the world and turn to Jesus so you can stand on him as his foundation, we want to help. But to help, we need to know We need to know that's what you need, and we need to know that's what you want. So won't you let us know that you need help so that we can help? You can let us know in a a few different ways. We're going to stand up, and we're going to sing a song together. During that song, you can walk to the front, and you can say, I'm ready to turn away from the world, and I'm ready to turn to the Lord. I'm ready to stand on Jesus Christ, and I need help, and we will do everything we can to help. Also, during this song, if you would rather, you can make your way to the back and to room 104, and one of our elders and his wife will be in that room, and they would love to talk to you. They would love to talk to you about your desire to turn away from harm and turn to Jesus, to step off of the shifting sands of whatever foundation you're on and stand on Jesus. They'd love to help. So while we're singing that song, you can make your way back to room 104. Or you can simply grab one of those green prayer cards that's in front of you. You can write down your contact information. On that card, you can just say, I'm ready to turn. I'm ready to to walk away. I need help. And we will be in, in contact with you. We'll talk to you. We'll help every way we can. But please, I beg of you, do the wise thing this morning. Let's stand. Let's sing. Sing.